Hey, welcome to Church in the Sun's podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message inspires you, lifts your faith, and brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm speaking to the most rested group in the city. How many got an extra hour of sleep? Feel like you're in heaven right now? Daniel Kalenda, two weeks from now, we're going to have a great time. Bring a friend day. Got cards in the back. Also, I want to thank all those that are here this morning that love, serve, and take care of all of our children over here, elementary, pre-K. And so what you do means a lot. And I want us to thank all the, all the team members. Also, want to welcome all of you that have joined us online here in Orlando, Florida, summer and other nations. And so, uh, be cool, be relaxed. Great things are about to happen. Some of you are on down the street here. So, welcome all of our all of our online uh, people here. When Judy and I were in Korea two weeks ago, you'll recall, it was an amazing personal time for us. We were able to see up front and close what God is doing around the world. When we stepped into Yoido, Full Gospel Church in Seoul, watched thousands of them pray our hearts were moved. Over 800,000 are serving the Lord in that city in South Korea. A great, great move of God. In the conference, we were able to meet various leaders and pastors that are seeing the Holy Spirit move on every continent in our world. Stish Gamore pastors a church, Calvary Temple, in this great city of Hyderabad, India. Their sanctuary holds 18,000 people, and they have five services. And on a given weekend, they will have 225,000 people there. They are building a new sanctuary, be the largest in the world, of 52,000 people. It amazes us and shocks us, and yet we are reminded of what the prophet Joel predicted many years ago, and he wrote it down. In the last days, said, in the last days, Say it again. In the last days, God says he will pour out of his spirit on all people. An amazing revival will sweep the nations of the world. An amazing overflow will hit the United States of America when it looks like there is no possible way for our nation to come back. Cities in America will rise up like Orlando. 
and we will see that we will move into something so powerful and so big that we will literally be shocked by what the Lord will do. So when we come in here, we have come in here with great expectation of what God will do and that what the prophet Joel talked about happens right here in our city at the church in the sun. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise. As I've looked around, and I'm kind of a person that likes to see what structure is needed, how do they do that? But I've learned it, abso it absolutely is beyond the how-to, and it all goes back to fervent prayer. The ch churches that are seeing this outpouring have been invited and res responded to be people of prayer. Jesus was our model. And Jesus was always gathering his leaders and talking to them, giving them talks on prayer. In Luke chapter 18, we have one of the talks that he gave. Now, Jesus often would teach by parable. This is a parable where you tell a story, and this is one of the most misunderstood parables, because this is a parable of contrast, and it's about an unjust judge and then God, who is very different. So let's hit it, verse 1. Amen? Amen? One day, one day, Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never to stop or lose hope. He shared with them this illustration. In a certain town, there was a judge, thick-skinned, godless man, no fear of others' opinions. There was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice, protect me against my oppressor. He ignored her plans for quite some time, but she kept asking. Eventually, he said to himself, this widow, crazy lady, keeps annoying me, demanding her rights. Actually, if you look in the Greek here, he felt like his life was threatened. And I'm tired of listening to this girl. And even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and I'll rule in her favor and hallelujah, then she'll go home. Remember, Jesus is doing the story. The Lord continued Jesus. Did you hear, did you hear what the ungodly judge said? He would answer her persistent request. Now, verse seven, nine o'clock service, little low tone there, too much sleep, too much melatonin. So verse seven, 
kid it like it's the last time you read. Ready? Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? He will pour out his spirit upon them. So the talk begins, hey guys, I don't want to be too profound, but keep praying. Don't stop. And then it's interesting when he says here, lose hope, that actually in the Greek, it literally means not to give in to evil. Don't lose hope or don't get distracted and do the wrong thing, which will stop you from praying. And he tells the story. Unjust judge, the girl needs an answer. He won't answer. She almost threatens him. And finally he says, okay, I'm going to do this deal. Parable in contrast, Jesus is not like the unjust judge. All right? Because our Father loves to answer prayers. And he says, now, you guys, pray at night, pray in the morning. I want you to be on the night-day cycle. Almost like he's saying, I want you to pray a lot. I want you to get into it. And then he says, he will not delay to answer you and give you what you asked for. I have a lot of things in my life, and over the years, it seems like it takes a long time. Am I alone? In fact, as I'm here, I have all kinds of things on the table. God, yeah, and yeah. And what he says is, don't stop praying. Because when we pray, even though we haven't seen it yet, he's praying, he's changing us. Now, how he is changing us, by nature, you are a very independent, self-reliant person like me. In other words, we can do it, I'm going to do it, and if God can't, I will. And so what he does is he kind of breaks us down until all of our self-reliance, all of I can do it, and a little sprinkled in here of our consumer mentality, give me, give me, yeah, give me, give me. Oh, I don't like that. And while we're praying and we don't see the answer, he is still working. And I found, and I don't like it sometimes, he's working on me until I come to a point like, like I can't do this. And finally he said, you got it. You can't do it. That's why I want you to pray. Because if we could do it in our own strength, then we get the credit. And then we say, look how great I am. Would everybody bow to my name? However, when you've prayed so long and you have become dependent and God does it, you go, oh my God, you did it. And guess what? Who gets the glory? He gets the glory. And then everybody looks around, they say, I know that couldn't be him, and I know her. Oh, my goodness, she could never do that. <laughs> it must be God. Stop laughing, Judy. 
So he says to us, keep praying. I really believe after the prayer of praise and worship, maybe, maybe, the biggest thing that needs to happen is not just all those things we need and want, but move a little closer. He really wants, in prayer, to change our hearts so that we really can live, so that we can really live a life that we love him with all of our hearts. Put aside your brain, put aside your degree, put aside how cool you are. What he wants to do is to show us how to have his heart, because when we have his heart, we wanna do what he wants to do, and when we have his heart, we feel what he feels, and we actually become a person who can get a bigger perspective because we tend to have this very myopic, like this world that I live in is this, this, and this, and we're like this. And, and then he says, I'm gonna give you guys a model prayer to pray and write it up front in the prayer. He says, now, I want all of you to get your perspective bigger because I want you to pray not only that you will have food on the table. In fact, this comes before the request for uh, blessing and food and our material things. And he says, I want you to have a perspective and begin to pray that regarding God, that his kingdom come, Matthew chapter six, your kingdom come, your will be done, Notice, on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to be a part of bringing heaven down so that it invades your world, it invades your city, and it invades everything that you are about. Your kingdom come. Now here we are. We are church in the sun. We are followers with a directive from our heavenly Father to disrupt the gates of hell. We are here to supplant everything that is evil and everything that is demonic and every power that would try to seize control of our lives, of our children, because the enemy has an incredible vision statement, and Satan's vision, his mission statement, is to steal and kill and destroy. He is after me. He is after you. He is after everything that is ours. And if we are on the defensive mode, then he will kind of get us to play this kind of a thing like we're on defense. I'm reminding us this morning, we are on the offense and we are shaking the gates of hell and we are rising up and we are powerful in prayer. And when we begin to stand and look at a mountain, we are not viewing it from this perspective as, as a tourist. We are coming against it in the name of Jesus 
and we are not weak, but we are strong, and we are not unfocused. We are focused, and we are the body of Christ, and we are the church that is in this city, and we are not here to watch evil grow and for righteousness to dim. We are here, and we are here to announce today that we are here, and we are mighty, and we are strong, and the gates of hell will not take us out in the name of Jesus. Some years ago, two years ago, I remember that morning when the Lord said, prepare for this great awakening. In part, out of that was a thought to take an offering for what the Lord gave us as heart for the house. It was not a good idea it's not something we thought would be nice. Because I've done nice things and I don't want to do nice things. I want to do something that heaven is behind and heaven has authored and he is driving it. So we stepped out. It hit me with great import about two weeks ago, it was something so obvious I had to see it, that this house is God's house, that everything around here is not owned by one person, and that this is, in the truest sense, not our church, it's the church of Jesus. And this house that he has given us it's God's house. In many ways, it is like the temple where Jesus spoke frequently. The temple was sanctified, set aside, and the presence of the Lord was there. And the presence of the Lord is here because we're here. Second Kings, he calls them and he says, hey, I want you to refurbish. I want you to work on the synagogue, the temple. I want, you to, I want you to go in there. And we realized that we needed to have the same thing on this campus as we get ready to move into what God has for us. And so we stepped out in 2017 and 2018. And last year, you saw the video, some of the things that we stepped out and we stepped into that we believed that God wanted us to do in this congregation to get ready. How many know that if you don't take care of your house, how many have a house? If you don't take care of it, you'll be condemned eventually. So we, we want to take care of the temple of God's house. We decided that we would reach out and we, last year when you gave, we help the homeless, the commission on homelessness. We reached out, we have a picture here, and we reached out and we went and helped the Christian service centers. They're helping those that are without and poor and feeding them, and our commissioner, Robert Stewart. We stepped out and we decided that we would take the larger portion of all that you gave 
and throw that into our pre-K ministry. We believe that's going to double all of our children from birth up to age six. Then we stepped over into the next-gen sanctuary over here and did all the lights and all kinds of things and sound, and we did that. Then we stepped into the cafe and People voted constantly for better coffee, and we want to be practical, and we want to give you your coffee in Jesus' name, and the income has gone up. And we did, had all these wires, fiber optics, optics in this, this building, and then all of the things that are needed to be done for our encounters and then we translate now in our church three different languages and we decided to make everything new there and so we kept doing these things the schools the outreach and all of that that you gave was given for not our house but for God's house and this is a holy place this is God's house. This is where we worship God. This is where we are taught the word of God. This is where we disciple our children, our youth, our young people, the next generation. This is the place that community happens. This is the place where you drink coffee. <laughs> it's the only thing you'll remember about this sermon is the coffee. Don't leave now. There's several people. That, no. And this year, we're going to step it up. First of all, in our weekend experience, this, we're going to redo, as you can see, all of our lights, everything. It's getting darker every week here. And uh, we're going to do all of this over. Going to be a really big deal, electrical, you name it. We're stepping out into the lobby. We're going to redo some of those things. Uh, last Sunday morning, there was no parking for the 11 o'clock service. We were full here. They were going over to the bank to park. And so we're going to get cards, signs. We're doing all of those things over for our uh, weekend experiences. We're going back into the pre-K to finish that. We are going to, uh, within the first 60 days, we are going to put in place a sensory room for children with special needs. When you go out this building and head towards the next uh, gen, right there on the left, this, this will be done immediately. We've ordered all of these things. And Raphael and Casey with Buddy Break have ministered to 55 families in the city. Stand up. Where are you? Stand up, Casey. We applaud all of the workers that are here, a part of Buddy Break. How many have a child of special needs in your family? Would you raise your hand wherever you are? Or you know of, how many know of someone who has a, a child with special needs? Uh, we're going to do this, and we're going to get it done, and we're going to provide for these children that need to be loved in a special way. And then 
believe it or not, we're actually going to put a sign on our building that says Church in the Sun. And we don't want to hurry into these things, you know. How many would vote like it would be nice to have a sign on our building that says Church in the Sun? And uh, we're going to do that, and we're hopeful uh, that we'll be able to get this on the top of our building. It'll be lighted. It'll be beautiful. Uh, a city on a hill here. And we want now to take our stand also. We want to take some of this cash you're going to throw in uh, next. And by way, the way, it's next week that we're going to take this offering uh, for God's house. And we're going to take a part of that. And we have a very deep conviction that abortion is wrong and that we ought to have life and that we should stand for life. And every single month as you're giving, we send a very generous gift to Choices. Uh, you, you, Choices is there to influence these mothers that are expecting uh, to let to save the baby. Uh, this is not a, a matter of a woman's choice. That is before you are expecting a child. And Christians do not stand up because they are hesitant, but I am not hesitant, and I don't care what anything anyone thinks, because it's right. It is right. They are establishing a, a place over by UCF. They went to every place out there, and the people would not rent to them because this was to be saving babies. And so they got some property, and over above what we are going to receive here, and I'm believing that we're going to send three times what we planned, and we're going to send that out there, and we're going to take our stand because it's not right to kill a baby. And this is not in my notes, but I would never in my life, I don't care what, I would never vote for a person that kills babies. I would never. I would never. When we stand for what God stands for, we have God behind us. We are not mean. We are not mad, but we have convictions. And we'll take a stand in this church. Many churches cannot do what we're doing here this morning. They'll walk out. Well, this is a Bible-based church. We're not voting for issues publicly. God has already established these principles. They require no vote. And all that he does is he say, you follow my ways, you'll have the blessing. And by the way, if you've had an abortion, don't forget, God has forgiven you. Just relax. God is good. 
and uh, there's somebody here had an abortion. When I mentioned that, you felt bad. Don't feel bad. You're under grace and forgiven. Forget it. I felt like the next seven days would be very critical and that God is calling us, number one, to keep praying and asking God what he wants us to do for God's house. That is not something that we do casually and if you, for whatever reason, don't want to do anything, that is, that's fine. But we are doing what God has asked us to do for such a time like this to take us where we have never been before. And we're going to have prayer as never before. At noon on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we will have prayer on this campus for one hour. If you can come, that would be great. If you can't, maybe you have children at home, pray during the one hour. The important thing is that we do what God wants us to do. And then on night prayer on Wednesday night, we're going to have all of our small group leaders here, everyone in small groups. We're going to have all the leaders here. We're going to pray for them. And I feel impressed. Casey, if you bring your team, we're going to pray over this whole team with Buddy Break. And we're going to pray... Uh, specifically for marriages. I am getting words. We are getting words in our team, our staff, our prayer requests. It seems to me that the enemy, the demonic powers are after marriages. It's not a few. It is the enemy. Remember, it's not your husband or wife. It's the devil. And we are going to be fierce, confident, and strong and bind the powers on Wednesday night. And I... I want to ask that you come, and we're going to have incredible time, and we're going to pray together and ask God to do incredible. I'm believing for 1,000 people on Wednesday night, and we're going to pray for heart for the house. Uh, God has kind of given me a number up there. It was kind of too high, and I wanted another one, and I didn't get the vote. And so I'm going to go with it because God just has said, Hey, Clattenburg, you are blessed. Don't be so cheap. And so, El Cheapo. Why are you laughing, Judy? She knows too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want us to keep praying, keep praying. Say it, keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying. Praying. I'm getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ravage the enemy. I'm going to take out the demonic powers in the name of Jesus. We're going to see God do things that have never been done in this church before because we're praying. Second of all, we need to be generous. Generous. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, generosity brings prosperity. Those who will live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings and will be saturated with favor. We are under the favor of God in the blessing of the Lord. We walk in the blessing of the Lord. I have this thing about parking places. I like parking places in the shade on the end. 
and I, I look for favor, and my big life starts with parking places. And yesterday, I'm coming to the gym. Give me my place, Lord. And I looked in, and it was vacant, and I pulled my car up, and I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully, no one is as crazy as I am. Is there one other person that prays for not one person? One, two, three, four. I see that hand. Seven, eight, 14, 50, 75, 100 people. <laughs> hey, that's a little thing. But I tell you, you have to get in your mind that you walk in the favor of the Lord. And we're not expecting, we're not expecting whatever happens. We walk in the favor of the Lord. We walk in his goodness and when we are generous, and let me tell you, I am talking to a generous church. You are, probably shouldn't even use this point, but you are generous, and you know what? I want to be more generous. Don't say amen, Judy. I want to be more generous, because when we are generous, God can use us, and he can bless us. And he can do more and more. And lastly, we have to step out in faith. And the Bible says in this story here, verse number 8 of chapter 18, and there he says basically that God is going to answer your prayer. And then he says, when I come back, will Jesus, the Son of Man, find faith? There are people who are realistic and there are people that combine that with faith. They don't see what they see, only they see what God sees. Because faith is the confidence that the things we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us the assurance of the things we do not see. I have to be honest with you this morning. Anytime I get up here, I see a move of the Spirit. I see every chair filled. It started in the Rock House when I had about 12 kids, and I started to see 20 and you just see it. When you see your son who is a drug addict, you see him saved and preaching the gospel. And you call him what he is in the spirit. You don't call him a drug dealer. You, you tell him, hey, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're baptized in power. You're going to heaven. And, the, and you keep saying it long enough, the enemy and his Lies will be silenced in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ultimately, and I close with this, everything is that about, everything is about the eternal. Ultimately, everything is about heaven. It's hard to imagine, but all of us that know Christ are going to heaven. 
It's our destination. Four times in the Bible, a term is used that really is not clear. Store up treasure in heaven. We have to ask ourselves, how do we do that? By investing in people. Luke 16, 9 says, I tell you, use your worldly wealth to benefit others and make friends. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. What he is saying is, take your worldly resources, resources, Put them in people. In our first service, Mary was here that we saw come to Christ from a doctor's office. Judy's kind of her one. And the Bible says, you take your money and you make friends. And what you're doing is you are deciding to send ahead in the future. What you send ahead, you enjoy in heaven. So that when we get to heaven and we meet someone and they say to us, hey, Bob. You remember? <laughs> I'm here because you're here, because you told me you about Jesus. We want to have as many friends in heaven. When an altar call is given, this is not just about my reward. Is every person comes up here. That's your reward. Because you have taken your money and you have whisked it in text giving. And everybody that's being discipled, you're making friends. That one day, believe it or not, we're going to be in heaven. Seems unrealistic. A lot of us have friends in heaven. And this whole thing about the, his house, what we're doing is <clears throat> your, our generosity will be rewarded in heaven. That we will, as Reinhard Bunke says, populate heaven. It's amazing one day Everything we have, our cars, our houses, everything will be gone. <clears throat> we will stand before Jesus. And I can tell you, we at Church in the Sun, we're going to have a lot of friends up there. Amen. We're going to have a lot of friends up there that we have helped with the gospel. What is it, 400 and some, 455 or something? have walked these aisles this year. All these people that were baptized in water this morning. Hallelujah. 
you know his promise is true. Every promise that he has given us, he will provide. And I feel right now the Lord is drawing our hearts that we have the heart of God. In a minute, we're going to stand and we're just going to begin to sing this song. No one move for a moment unless it's an emergency. His promise still stands. His promise still stands. We're all fighting kinds of things, Judy and her foot and Tracy and her pain. How many have something you're going through? Would you raise your hand? You didn't raise your hand. I want to see you right after the service. Because <laughs> I want to get on your bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Judy's in pain day and night. But you know what? Great. Great are his promises. And Tony and Maida, stand up. I know you're trying to find God's will for your next season. And the Lord says, you're doing all the right things. You just keep, the song is for you, for you that we're gonna sing. We're all gonna sing it for you. And his promise still stands. Love you. Any other Brazilians here? Any Brazilians? Most of the church, all right. I want us to stand. Let's not give up. Don't give up. Something's gonna happen in the next few minutes. I want us all to stand. Lift your hands, everybody, in the balcony on the side. Don't leave unless it's an emergency. Hit it. Your promise still stands.
hard to understand how Jesus will take us and we've kind of done the wrong things and gone the wrong way and had this sense of guilt and condemnation and somehow because of his grace, mercy and loves he draws us and he says alright, alright Margaret I know what you've done but on the cross, I took your sin. And all you have to do, Margaret, just ask me. And I'll give you a new heart. The most amazing miracle of all miracles is how we can come to Jesus and our hearts are marred with sin. And yet, just by asking, we don't do anything. We just give him our lives in Christ. Christ comes in. I was amazed how someone can be very immoral and yet come to Christ. And one prayer, the Lord makes us totally righteous like he is. We don't get what we deserve. And those of us who have come to Christ know what Christ does and can do. You may be in the room and you live a life focused on what you've done wrong and feel regret. And Jesus calls all of those people and he says, come, I didn't come to judge you, I came to forgive you. And in a moment, we're gonna count to three and we're gonna just say, just throw up a hand and say, I want to be forgiven. You don't even have to understand everything about Jesus. I can tell you the main thing about Jesus is he died on the cross and he took our sins. And he also took our sicknesses and he gave us a new life. No one can give, this is not reformation. This is total change. And often we have people that have known Christ and got on the wrong, the wrong track and just need to come back to Jesus. I'm going to count to three and you say, I want Jesus. I want to be forgiven. You just throw up your hand. Don't even think about it. Just say, I need, this is about not your head, it's your heart. Your heart says, I need Jesus. There are several here you've been medicated and it feels good when you're medicated but that's, that doesn't change your heart. It just makes you feel good for a little while. It's your heart. So I'm gonna count to three, and you throw your hands up. 
In Jesus' name, people are going to respond all over. Every Christian pray right now in the name of Jesus because we are going to break down the strongholds and Satan is going to give up every disciple that he has in the name of Jesus. You're not living under his jurisdiction any longer. You have to decide yourself, I'm getting out. You offer no payoff. What you offer is nothing good, and I'm not doing it any longer. You have to actually get up and say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to count to three, and you throw your hands up. One, two, three. Put your hand up in the name of you. Yes, yes. Put your hand up. Get out of evil. Put your hand up. Put it up. Put it up. Balcony. Put it up. Yes, yes. Put it up. Now, if you raise your hand, walk down the aisle. Stand here. We're going to have a one-minute prayer from the balcony up there. Walk right down here. Take two minutes. Come, come. Your promise still stands. Come. Come right now. Come right now. Come, come, come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Your promise. Yes. 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 Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Over here. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. here on this altar you made a lot of decisions in your life this is the right one and God sees your heart as you've come and we are not focusing on how bad you've been but we are focusing on how great Jesus is because Jesus changes lives and there's nothing that you have done that Jesus cannot forgive he will take your past and in one prayer, if you pray it from your heart, he will change your life. And he not only forgives you of sin, the Bible says he makes us righteous, like Jesus. This is about the heart. Right now, when you pray this prayer, whisper it, say it. There's seven or eight. You didn't come. You can, you can do it in your seat. 
and do it now. You that are watching online, right now you can pray this prayer. And don't you think that God can't hear your prayer? You may be in your living room, you may be at the beach, or you may be at a bar, and Jesus will hear your prayer because he's here. He's going to do something. And I want, our, I want our church family. Let me tell you, when we pray this prayer in the, in the atmosphere here, there is a crushing of evil. Evil is real. There's a crushing in the name of Jesus. I want you to say it so loud that it just ripples here in the front. Say it, Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you. That you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And give me your grace the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you're in the family of God. Come on, go right here. Go, go, we're gonna give you a Bible. Go ahead, go ahead, we're gonna give you a Bible. Don't leave. You go. No one leave. Just a second. Just a second, no one leave. Go ahead, you keep going. You're going out, we're gonna give you a Bible. Take five minutes. Keep. Thank God for all these people. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the last service, we were dismissing, and the Lord said, don't you dismiss without praying for signs and wonders and miracles right now in the name of Jesus. Put your hand, maybe wherever your sickness is, if you have heaviness, put it on your heart right here in the name of Jesus, and we're going to pray a prayer in the name of Jesus right now for signs and wonders and miracles. You ask God for whatever it is. The Bible says these signs will follow the preached word and their faith has been released in here in the name of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we are praying now in the name of Jesus. We are declaring that we are the children of God and that the enemy has no power over us. We are believing in this church in the sun that every time that we meet, we have blind eyes open, the deaf hear, the lame walk, <clears throat> and cancer is healed. Every demonic thing that the enemy has tried to do, it leaves in the name of Jesus. Lord, there are people in this room who came in here depressed. They are heavy. They hardly could sing a song as we worship. And we know it's not circumstantial only. We know there are spirits of heaviness that come to take us out. So, as a congregation, we rebuke the spirit of heaviness. We rebuke every demonic power in the name of Jesus. And I take authority over sickness. And Lord, there's someone here, their right shoulder, they can't move it. And I declare the right shoulder right now is healed in the name of Jesus. I declare that Tracy is healed. I declare that Judith is healed. I declare every person in this building who has problems with their feet and they're having these problems in their back, they are healed in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to shout and thank God that you are healed in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. 
I declare a blessing on our congregation that as we leave this building, we have the favor of God. I now bless this congregation, every child, every family member, every generation. I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I declare as you leave this place that you go into the favor of God and your past is behind you and you are righteous and you are a child of God and you are what he says you are in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen, amen, amen.